Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. All right, how are we doing at the 11 a.m.? Good? If you are with us, glad you're here. If you're joining us uh, via radio, online, podcasting, watching, uh, wherever you're at. Uh, real quick announcement that in two weeks, uh, we start a brand new series. So next week, I'll finish this series, and then on February 5th, start a brand new series called It's Complicated, all about relationships, and I'm actually teaching it with my wife, uh, which is going to be really fun. She has no filter, so even if you don't get anything, it's not going to be boring. Um, so, and I'm not kidding. So that wasn't a shot at her. She just knows that's her. So that starts in two weeks, and it's all about how do you thrive and not just survive in relationships. So whether you're married or not, you know, have a boyfriend or girlfriend or not, this really is one of those series for four weeks where it's just going to deal with really practical relationship dynamics that kind of go across the board. So this series really is for everybody, and it's a great time to invite because, like, everybody's got relationships, and they get complicated sometimes, and we want to be able to help. And so um, don't inform somebody, invite them, meaning like, I'm going to the 9, or I'm going to the 11, grab coffee, meet me there. And I cannot overstate this enough. You hear me say it all the time. Like, every weekend, we have stories of somebody who invited somebody else, and that invite ended up sometimes, you know, maybe months down the road being the catalyst for this journey to follow Jesus or begin to rethink the church. And so take the opportunity to invite somebody February 5th. It's complicated. So with that, let's dive into um, the next part of this series, It's Time. And here's the thing I was thinking about uh, with this message. I don't know when this happens. I don't know when it starts. My hunch is it's really, really early on. But when do we start lying to ourselves? Like, that's the question. Because every, everybody does. And I think it's earlier than we think, somewhere around pull-ups. But it is early on in life. We start telling ourselves stories. We start lying to ourselves. And the thing is, we can see it so easy in other people. That's the thing. Everybody always thinks it's disguised. And yet there's somebody around you that's like, no, you're lying. Like, you're lying to yourself. That's a made-up story. It's so easy for us to see, but it's so hard for us to see in ourselves. Like, we literally can tell ourselves things, lie to ourselves, and then believe our own lies. It's a weird dynamic. And so here's the thing, like lying is inexcusable, like any scenario, but you can almost understand why somebody would be deceived into thinking if their back's to the wall, that somehow there's a short-term gain if they lie to somebody else. It's inexcusable, but it's kind of understandable. But the, the idea that we would lie to ourselves is insane, Like, it's crazy. Like, us lying to us makes absolutely no sense. And if you're like, well, I don't lie to myself, you just did. Like, you literally just did. Because all of us do this, right? I mean, like, this is a message born out of my own weakness because we're prone to do this. We are prone to lie to ourselves. And we get so good at it that we don't even spot it. And one of the reasons that we get so good at it is because we don't really call the lies we tell ourselves lies. We call them reasons, because we want to be reasonable. Like nobody wants to be irrational. Everybody wants to be reasonable. So we come up with good reasons because a lot of times if we really told the truth, I mean, people would wonder about us. Like if you're going to work, 
I'm late because of traffic sounds a lot better than I've got into some kind of binge Netflix vortex till 3 a.m. Or I got caught on you know, Instagram and Twitter and now I'm showing up to work and I'm out of it and I'm a mess. Like traffic just sounds better and I wanna be reasonable so I'm just gonna tell you I'm late because it's traffic, right? Even though the traffic that I'm talking about is in a different you know, county. So traffic is why I'm late to work. And we all have reasons, right? You have reasons for why Maybe you've stuffed things emotionally and then you blow up in anger. And people who stuff, generally, it comes out disproportionately in something that has nothing to do with their anger. So somebody tells you to pass the ketchup and you just like unleash and you're in, like people think you're insane because you've just been stuffing. You have reasons for why you did that. You have reasons for why you have bad habits. I have reasons for why, you know, I do certain things, why you left, why you stayed. Because we want to be reasonable, like we, we want to feel like there is a good explanation for what we're doing. So fill in the blank to this, not out loud, because that'll be awkward, but to yourself, the reason I blank too much is, which now I'm second guessing that slide, but the, you can fill that with a lot of things. The reason I, like whatever it is, now here's the thing. The reason immediately, whatever that thing is, that area, that circumstance, decision, what comes to your mind might not actually be the reason. And here's the thing that's crazy about us, crazy about me, is that for some of us, the actual reason is a secret that we've kept from ourselves. Like how insane is that? Like we might not, act, we've kept the actual reason for why we're doing something or why we're not doing something, a secret from ourselves because we don't want to confront the truth. And so you're keeping secrets from you. I'm keeping secrets from me. We can't admit why we're actually doing what we're doing. And so instead of telling ourselves the truth, we fabricate or we manufacture excuses. And then we disguise them as reasons. So this might be the bottom line of the whole message. Why don't we, why don't I just call it like other people see it? Because that's the terrifying thing. Other people see it. Because, and you know this, because you can see it in other people. They call your reasons, they call my reasons for what they are. They name them for what they actually are. So what if we just recognize other people can see it just like we can see it in other people. So why don't we just look at the decision, look at the circumstance, look at the thing that we're hiding behind and just call it for what it is. So that leads us to part three of the series. It's time moving past the excuses that hold us back because here's what we said. You move into a new year, we're all thinking about stuff that you know, we should bring with us, good friendships, healthy rhythms, you know, good habits you picked up, and then the things that you shouldn't bring into the new year. And the thing that you shouldn't bring into the new year more than anything else is what I just talked about, your excuses, my excuses. Like they are the thing for a lot of us that are the reason that we're sabotaging parts of our life and parts of our future. And so the thing that we have to leave behind more than anything else are these excuses that from a distance look like actual obstacles. Here's what we said about excuses. Excuses are like paper tigers. They seem insurmountable. Like it seems like an obstacle we can't get past, but at the end of the day, it's not real. You're being held back by something that's a facade. And so from a distance, our reasons, they look like actual obstacles, like we can't do this, we can't move forward, we can't get the help we need, we can't let this go. They look like reasons, but they're not. And over time, if you allow them to go unchecked, your excuses, my excuses become becauses. 
So you've got well-crafted narratives and we've got well-crafted rehearsed lines about, well, why haven't you? Well, because if you knew and she's an idiot and my workplace and what happened to me seven years ago. And if, like, if you knew the whole story and if you knew what happened behind the scenes or if you knew the multi-generational stuff or like if you knew if you, so why haven't you? Why don't you? Why don't you start? Why don't you finish? Why didn't you call him or her? Why don't you apologize? Well, because dot, dot, dot. And we're really good, I'm really good, I'll just speak for me, of making up stories that I believe because I can come up with really rational reasons for why I'm doing what I'm doing. But at the end of the day, they're just, they're just paper tigers. They're just excuses that are masquerading as causes, but it's not actually real. And those things are holding me back. In a lot of cases, they're holding you back. So in this series, we're kind of asking this question, which is bothersome, honestly. But the question is just this, and I think we owe it to ourselves to ask, is it possible? Like when you think about that thing, the relationship, what you're not doing, the fact that you haven't let go of this thing yet, is it possible that some of your, some of my well-rehearsed reasons are actually just excuses? Is it possible that we're actually missing out Is it possible that we are hiding behind things that aren't really even real? And we have really good reasons for it. Like a lot of them are brought on by maybe things that were told to you, things that were told about you, maybe ways that you were labeled, expectations that were put on you and you didn't come through with those expectations. And is it possible, and this is so bothersome for me because like I'm preaching this message out of my own dysfunction, like my own propensity to move in this direction. Is it possible that we've actually invented reasons in certain scenarios of our life to excuse behaviors and reactions and overreactions, why we avoid certain people, why we, we've neglected doing certain things. And at the end of the day, if we were to be honest, it's just not real. They're reasons that we believe, but at the end of the day, they're just, they're just excuses. They're just paper tigers. And if you allow them to go unchecked long enough, it is possible that my excuses and your excuses, your paper tigers, they end up becoming little tyrants in your life. They end up becoming little kings. They start to rule and to dominate your life. And at some level, rather than to use biblical language, bowing down to King Jesus, excuses become the king and kind of the Lord of your life. Now, here's the thing that we all have to remember that's so good for me to to keep at the forefront of our mind. Our lives are not as compartmentalized as we think they are. Like, here's what I mean by that. If you excuse unhealthy behaviors in one area of your life, am I talking to anybody right now? You will create unhealthy behaviors in another area of your life. Like, that's just how life works. When I'm unhealthy in one area, I can't compartmentalize it. I can't silo that. Those unhealthy behaviors actually become catalysts for unhealthy behaviors and decisions in other areas of my life. If you excuse maybe your propensity to overreact in your relationships, you'll sabotage your relationships. You can't compartmentalize. If you maybe excuse, you know, bad financial decisions or bad habits, eventually you'll undermine your credibility. And other people will start to kind of draw their own conclusions because you can't isolate it. It starts to seep. It starts to move into every area of your life. And here's the thing. Excuses are always looking for control over your life. And so at the end of the day, either Jesus can have control of your life if you're a Jesus follower. And if you're not, you don't have to take any of this seriously. Just apply the parts that don't include Jesus. And hopefully you'll get to the place I would hope that you would follow Jesus. But I'm not talking to you. You can do whatever you want. You never signed on to the follow Jesus thing. But if you're a follower of Jesus and you did, this is a big deal to us because you can either follow Jesus or you can follow your excuses. But both of those things cannot have control. 
Because here's what I mean. Excuses always want to tell you what you can and can't do. Excuses always want to tell you what you can and cannot succeed at. Excuses always want to tell you what should hold you back and what shouldn't hold you back. And the tragedy of that is sometimes what your excuses tell you you can't do are the very thing that Jesus is telling you is the will and the destiny that he has for your life. And so he says to you, you can either bow your knee to the control of your excuses or you can bow your knee to the control of your heavenly father who has come in human flesh through Jesus and is inviting you to follow him, but you cannot follow follow both. You can follow one or the other. And the thing is, for some of us, this is the problem, that there's like a single excuse. If you've ever been, maybe you're not there right now, but you've been there. Some of us were right in the middle of it. There's a single excuse that we've kind of made up and we've told ourselves this paper tiger that we've hid behind for so long. It's now impacting every area of your life. It's impacting you spiritually. It's impacting you relationally. It's impacting you in terms of personal growth and where God wants to lead your life, but it has infiltrated every area of your life. And the thing is, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is why we're talking about this in church, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is such a big deal because there is a direct connection between your ability to follow Jesus and your willingness to be able to move past the perceived obstacles, paper tigers, and excuses that held back your life and kept you from what God is leading you into. And here's the thing, man. If you look at Jesus throughout the gospels, here's the thing you'll find over and over again. Constantly, he's inviting us to be led out of darkness and into light in order to clarify, in order to light up, in order to give us understanding about the things that previously have held us back. Now, here's the thing about, like, if you're my kid's age, darkness is terrifying. But here's the reality, light is terrifying. I mean, just from a practical level, you got LED lights in your bathroom, and it feels like an interrogation room, which is kind of like it is at our house, which I don't really like, and you walk in, sometimes like, ah, it's worse than you thought, like just physically, because light exposes stuff, right? Like light can be terrifying, light can be embarrassing. Light is, like light can be convicting in terms of just like a human, you know, natural, like something needs to change. And here's the thing. Your AA or NA friends, or maybe that's you, they would tell you the other, the other side of this, though, is that light can be liberating. And until you have exposed something to light, you walk around in darkness. And what they would tell you is that the lies that we believe and the lies that we tell ourselves and the excuses that masquerade as reasons, those lies hold us back. Those lies hem us in. Those lies keep, a, keep everybody else in relationship at a distance. And come on, you've experienced this because maybe you've tried to confront a friend at certain times and they're making a decision and I've been this person when somebody else is looking into my life and they go, what in the world are you thinking? Like, how do you think that's gonna end up well? How do you think that's gonna go a, a good direction? Are you not seeing that what you're doing today is gonna show up tomorrow? Like, what in the world is happening? And it's like, they're just kind of wandering around in darkness. Like there's been season and moments of my life where I just, in that season, it's like I was wandering around in darkness. There was no clarity. And then you try to like say something to that or confront that person and go, hey, listen, it's obvious. This isn't going a good direction. And you kind of bring light to their decision-making or where they're heading. And immediately they kind of retreat behind their excuses. They push you away and it's just like they can't see it. It's like there's no clarity. And all of us are the same way. 
And the reality is that the lies that we tell ourselves, the narratives that we keep rehearsing, they will hold us back in every area of our life. But this other reality is true too, that's a part of these verses that we've heard so overquoted or misquoted that we just kind of discount them. But the lies that you believe will hold you back, but at the same time, when you finally move to the place through Jesus to see where you couldn't see before, to have clarity where you didn't have clarity before, suddenly to understand what everybody else understood but you couldn't understand before. When you get to that place, lies hold you back. But when you get to that place of truth and of clarity and of understanding, that truth has the power to set you free. So it's why Jesus says, this is the most profound and transformational truth and invitation in all of the scripture. In fact, what I'm about to read, if your life has been changed by Jesus, even if you didn't know it, this is why it's been changed. Even if you couldn't put words to it. If you ever moved to the place where like, I think Jesus is legit. I think he rose from the dead. This is the thing he's inviting you into. This has the power to change the trajectory of your life. Here's what Jesus said. Here's Jesus' invitation, Jesus' truth, when he says this, I am me, Jesus, the light of the world. And everybody who's listening to Jesus, by the way, are like, what? Who says that? You are insane unless you're the light of the world. But just so we can understand the gravity of that statement, you're the light of the entire world. And yet there were some people listening to Jesus that were like, but what if that's true? What if God has come through Jesus to invite us and lead us out of darkness and literally to come onto planet earth and lead the world, lead me, lead you out of darkness and into light to expose what we couldn't see before. What if God has come through Jesus to light up the excuses that I've been hiding behind and the narratives I've been telling myself and the stuff that I've been labeling me in order to lead me past the hiding places and the paper tigers that have kept my life hemmed in for so long and ultimately are keeping me from God God's will and destiny for my life. What if he came to do that? To light up what's dark, to bring clarity to what you can't see. And then he says this, and whoever follows me, that's the invitation, that I'm the light of the world, and if you will follow me, meaning if you will allow me to lead you out of where you are telling yourself lies, where you're not believing the truth, where you're not able to admit to yourself. If you allow me to lead you out of darkness and into light, I'm telling you, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm doing something in your life. Now, here's the thing. This is where I think like the, honestly, the modern church, the Western church, we get this so confused because we end up navigating all of our messages toward, well, just believe in Jesus or believe stuff about Jesus, Listen, you can believe in Jesus and believe stuff about Jesus all day long. And at the end of the day, if that's all you ever have, it's not gonna make much of a difference. Like the way I'd put it is this, Jesus does not need any more admirers. Oh, Jesus is cool. Jesus is great. I'm gonna learn stuff about Jesus. I'm gonna get more information about Jesus. I read about Jesus. In any other context of life, they would call that person a stalker. Right? Like, I'm just, I'm gonna get tons of information. I'm just gonna get to know more about them. I'm gonna know all the details about their life. Okay, that's stalkerish. Well, Jesus doesn't need more admirers. He needs people who don't just believe stuff about him because believing things about Jesus doesn't make much of a difference. Following Jesus has the potential to change your life. Following Jesus has the potential to change the world. Following Jesus has the potential to give you clarity about things that multi generationally people have been hiding behind for 35 years. And finally, you're the individual 
individual who gets insight onto the fact of this is where I am. This is who I am. This is what God has called me to. And his light has invaded the darkness that for a long time has been leading me to a place that I don't want to be. And so he says, the, the prerequisite though, is you got to follow me. Because I am the light of the world. And then in light of that invitation, you can almost guess what he says next. Like, hey, follow me. I'm the light of the world. I'm going to do something in you. So he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is just simply saying, I want to light up the dark places, the lack of clarity, what you've been telling yourself, what you believe that somebody else told you, the paper tigers, the excuses. I want to take you somewhere. I want you to follow me. I want to change how you see things. And then John tells us that when Jesus said this, the Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness and your testimony is not valid. Like, are you kidding me? You're not the light of the world. You're from Nazareth. You make furniture. Like there's no way that you are the light of the world. It's crazy. It's insane. There's no way it's true. And then later in the combo, Jesus says to everybody who is listening to him in verse 31, if you hold to my teaching, basically, if you'd, if you'd remain in me, I mean, if you'd follow me, meaning, Jesus, I'm gonna do whatever you show me. I'm gonna do whatever you tell me. If you would not give up, if you would embrace my teachings, even when it's hard and even when it makes you uncomfortable, even when it forces you to acknowledge things about yourself that you don't want to acknowledge about yourself and you'd rather just live ignorant, if you would embrace and hold to my teachings, then you're my followers. Then you're my disciples. Then we're going somewhere. And I have the ability, the power, the invite to be able to begin to change your life. And then verse 32, and then you will, what's the word? And then you will, what's the word? Then you will know the truth. You will be able to recognize. You'll quit resisting, even though three people have tried to tell you about it. You'll quit blaming it on her. You'll quit blaming the economy. You'll quit blaming the fact that you were raised the way that you were and all of that's legit. You'll quit blaming the fact that you just can't do it and you're not wired that way. Suddenly you'll stop resisting, you'll start recognizing, you'll, you'll begin to receive and surrender. And in that moment, you will know the truth about yourself, about your circumstances, about why you did that, about why you won't give that up. And that truth, that reality, that clarity will set you free. It will set you free to see what previously maybe you were unable to see. That reality, when you finally confront truth about yourself, your circumstances, and what God's trying to do in your life, and stop hiding behind the things that you keep rehearsing to yourself, you in that moment will begin to see the way that God sees you, and you will begin to see your perceived obstacles in paper tigers as they actually are. And Jesus is like, this is what I'm inviting you into. This is the only way to move past what is holding you back. This is the only way to get clarity around the things that you just haven't been able to acknowledge. And then everybody's listening to Jesus and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they immediately give Jesus excuses. So here's how they respond in verse 33. After hearing this, Jesus' audience responds. They answered him, we're Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And anybody who had any kind of, you know, insight in the history of Israel are like, what? Are you guys insane? Apparently, you don't know the history of Israel either. 
because there was zero reaction to that. So here's what I mean. Their entire history was as a slave nation. Is anybody tracking with me? Okay, all right. There was just more of a reaction at the nine. This one, I'm like, are you, I can't see with the lights, but are you still engaged with me? Because here's the thing, they're listening to Jesus like, well, we've never been slaves before. And they're like, you're under Roman occupation right now when this is being written. Like, you're not even free in this moment. We talking about you've never been slaves. If you look at the nation of Israel, you were slaves to the Babylonians and then the Persians and then the Greeks and the Assyrians. That's your whole history. In fact, Moses says in Deuteronomy 15, hey, don't forget that part of your story and what God ultimately is going to use is the fact that you were a slave nation for hundreds of years, for generations. This is a part of who you are. What are you talking about? You've never been in slavery. But here's the thing, before we're like too hard on them, this is exactly what we do. And this is exactly what we don't see. This is exactly what I don't see. That I'm so, it's so easy for me just to stiff arm, stiff arm and ignore when somebody tries to imply, hey, like I think you're off the rails. Like I think that, that in this area, you have become enslaved to these excuses that are holding you back and you keep telling yourself it's a reason. I'm just gonna tell you from the outside, it's not. You are lying to you. And then immediately, we a lot of times push them aside, we retreat, and then we start to go, well, that's not me. That's not. If you knew, if you understood, if you, if you knew what they did to me, if you knew my history, if you knew how hard the last couple years have been, if you knew what an idiot they were, if you knew all of the circumstances, if you knew my context, that's not true, that's not me, that's not the way it is. And we retreat and we continue to lie to ourselves. But here's the thing, and this is, how I think we would respond to Jesus. Verse 33, I've never, this is us, I've never been a slave to anyone or anything. How can you say that I'm gonna be set free? And I think Jesus would respond to us just the way he responded to the Pharisees. In verse 34, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. What, what were you saying? You're not a slave, what? It, this isn't about Israel. This isn't about national history. I'm talking about your personal history. 2,000 years later, he's like, I'm talking about your personal story. I'm talking about my personal story. Have you ever gotten on the other side of, and I guess it's 100% of us, have you ever gotten to the other side of something that you shouldn't have done? Ever made a decision you shouldn't have made? Ever gone down a road you shouldn't have gone to? Ever made a decision, you get to the other side, and then you are angry and mad at yourself about what you did? And you're like, how could I have done that? How could I have allowed that? How could I have moved in that direction again? How could I have made that decision? What is wrong with me? Why would I do that? Why didn't I have more clarity? And come on, who forced me to do that? Who forced you to do that? Nobody. In that moment, we were a slave to our sin. That's those things you just look back on. It's like, well, it's a, it feels like a different person. That's what Paul talks about in the New Testament because we have these competing identities. You're either gonna identify with your sin and flesh or you're gonna identify with who Jesus has made you to be. But it's so easy to give in to the same patterns and same cycles of decision-making. Get to the other side and go, I can't believe I did that. What happened? You were a slave to sin. You were enslaved by your sin and we deceived ourselves into thinking that we were freer than we actually were because we were hiding behind our excuses and our paper tigers. They were holding us back. And so Jesus gives this little back and forth about his unique relationship with God and then he says this, he concludes with this in verse 36. And we've heard this so many times, it's easy to kind of discount it. But I'm telling you, this is the promise, this is part of the invitation that has the potential to transform every part of my life. 
it has the potential to transform every part of your life. That when you are willing to follow me, Jesus would say, and you are willing to encounter the unique son of God revealed through Jesus, if you're willing to take me seriously, take my teaching seriously, if you're willing to acknowledge what you previously have been unwilling to acknowledge, that the son, if he sets you free, if you will allow him to light up the world to light up the lies that you have been believing and that you have kept in the dark. If the sun sets you free from that, you will be free indeed. You will be free to name your excuse for what it actually is. And you will be free to actually live as God has created you to live. Because all of us have messes and dysfunction and life is hard, but here's the reality of Jesus' invitation. Following Jesus will make our lives better and following Jesus will make us better at life because he's the light of the world. And so here's the invitation. Like it's as simple, it's as profound, and it's as difficult as this. What if we, what if you went all in to go, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. What, like, what if you, following Jesus is not the same as admiring Jesus. Following Jesus is not the same as sitting in a row. Following Jesus is not the same as singing songs. Following Jesus is not the same as stalkerishly getting more information about him. Following Jesus is surrendering your life to allowing Jesus' light to light up every part of the darkness of your life to acknowledge what I haven't been willing to acknowledge. And here's the beauty about this. If you're sitting here going, well, I don't know if I believe everything and I'm still grappling with questions and I'm still hold, held back by things and I'm not sure because of my church experience. Here's the beauty of the New Testament that a lot of us miss. Jesus invited people to follow long before they had things figured out. Jesus invited people to follow even before they had decided if they believed or not. Do you realize this? That Jesus had people who followed him in the gospels for three years before they believed. And then on Easter weekend, they were all cowering fools who ran out of the Garden of Gethsemane naked or were hiding in upper room apartments because they didn't want to be arrested. And all of them hit the unfollow button on Jesus, not following him anymore. There's no way he's the son of God. Sons of God aren't crucified. Sons of God are messiahs. Don't somehow give up their life. And then after Easter weekend, after he rose from the dead, they're like, we're following him again. We believe he is the unique son of God. And they followed him in the midst of their questions, in the midst of their dysfunction, in the midst of trying to figure it out and that's the invitation to you. Wherever you are today, it's an open invitation in the midst of your skepticism, your past. I'm not sure. The church is crazy and Jesus invites you anyway. I want you to follow me. I want you to investigate me. I want you to start taking some of my teaching seriously because if you do, I might begin to bring the full weight of my light into your darkness to light up things that you didn't even know existed. Follow me. Follow me. And the reality is when you take up that invitation, when I take up that invitation, Jesus will lead you to see things that you previously could not see. This is why groups, this is why community is so important and what we're launching on the fifth with this new season because following Jesus, part of that is just exposing and putting your life in a position through relationships and all that God has in community to help you and move you to a place that you're seeing things that you previously couldn't see. It's why for Jesus to do his work, you need other people. You need to be in community. And part of what Jesus is gonna do is he's going to free you up. Listen to me for a second. He is going to free you up to engage. Because when you hide behind excuses, when I hide behind excuses, whether we realize it or not, we insulate ourselves. Part of us is not available. 
And what happens is suddenly you're free to engage because our excuses actually excuse us with engaging with other people. We become small. We become self-centered. Our excuses literally, go with me for a second. Our excuses excuse us from loving other people. You know how I know this? You know how you know this? Because isn't it true that some of the people that hurt you most deeply have reasons for why they hurt you? Isn't it true that the people who've hurt you in the most profound ways, they fabricated reasons in order to excuse their behavior? And it's like they just couldn't see it. Or it's like they wouldn't see it. And so they could never acknowledge it. They could never admit it. They could never ask for forgiveness. They could never apologize because they were enslaved to their paper tigers, enslaved to their excuses, enslaved to the things that they were hiding behind. And as a result, you paid the price. As a result, you carry the wounds and you carry the hurt and you carry the lack of recognition because they've lived in a place where they just didn't have clarity to see it. And the question for all of us and for me is this, you don't want to live that way. You don't want to be that person where there's an area or a decision or a circumstance in your life and you immediately go to, well, of course I of course I didn't admit it. Of course I didn't reach out to him. Of course I didn't text him. Of course I didn't say yes to that thing. Do you know me? I got a 1.3 GPA. It's not going to happen for me. There's no way God wants me to do that. Uh, there, of course this is not going to happen. Of course I never moved in their direction. Of course I didn't get help. Do you know what's happened in my past? Of course, of course, of course. And you have hid behind paper tigers and excuses that you've disguised as reasons. And maybe without knowing it, you have unintentionally hurt other people in your life. And they're paying the price for the fact that you are enslaved to your excuses and your obstacles and your paper tigers. And they are paying the price just like you're paying the price for somebody else's unwillingness to acknowledge or be able to see clearly. You know what this looks like? This looks like in any situation and circumstance to go before, before I let myself off the hook because of them or what happened here, how they treated me or the stuff that I've been through or how hard it's been and just how socially inept they are and all the excuses I come. Before I do any, before I look at her or him, I'm gonna look at me. Before I let me off the hook and go to my well-rehearsed narrative, I'm gonna look at me. Or basically to use Jesus' language, before I try to take the speck out of your eye, I'm gonna see if there might be a two by four in mine. You know what this looks like? This looks like forgiveness. Jesus says, I don't want you to suffer living behind your bitterness any longer. And I want you to follow me. And if you follow me, mark it down. We together are going to forgive other people the way that I have forgiven you. Well, I don't know if I can do that. No, that's what we're doing. If you're following me, this isn't about believing stuff about Jesus. This is about following Jesus. This is about bringing light onto the darkness. This is about surrendering every area that I haven't wanted to surrender and acknowledge. So Jesus says, follow me. I'm leading you somewhere and we're gonna forgive as I have forgiven you. You, Jesus would say, you are gonna initiate reconciliation even though it's their fault because that's what I've done for you. I moved in your direction and you hadn't changed. You, haven't, you hadn't committed to surrender. You hadn't cleaned anything up. There was no guarantees you were even gonna accept me or follow me. And Jesus said, I initiated reconciliation in any way. That's the gospel. That's the story of Jesus. You're like, I don't know if I can do that. Jesus is like, you will if you follow me. And when you do, you will be free. And Jesus says, hey, we're going together and you're gonna acknowledge the fact that you're afraid and that you're insecure and you're gonna be okay. 
and it's going to be terrifying, and you'll be free. Because come on, isn't it true? If you can't see that you're wrong, you'll be wrong your entire life. If, you, if I can't see that I'm wrong, I'll live my life being wrong. And it's possible that I could just excuse my life away, excuse my marriage away, excuse my family away, excuse my bad habits away, excuse my peace away, excuse my relationship with God away. So Jesus says, there's a better way. I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. And come on, first century, they didn't even call it Christianity. They called it the way. And Jesus says, I have come to lead you out of darkness and into light. And this is the invitation. I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me, meaning you are willing to go, I'm not hiding behind this any longer. I'm gonna apply this. Jesus, I'm gonna invite you in. I'm gonna surrender this. I'm gonna ask the question, am I missing something? Am I lacking clarity? Am I walking in darkness? Maybe it wasn't all her. Maybe it wasn't all him. Maybe my past shouldn't define me. Maybe I really do need to move past this and see what you have for me. And the moment you begin to do that, to go, Jesus, I'm gonna apply your teachings. I'm gonna surrender my life. I'm not gonna leave anything off the table. And as you do that, as you follow this, this is the invitation. You will never walk in darkness again. You will never get a decade down the road again and think, how could I not have seen that? How could I not have perceived that? How did everybody else see that? And I didn't see it. When you follow me, Jesus would say, you will never walk in darkness again, but you will have the light of life. Come on. Isn't that how you want to live Isn't that how you want to live your life? Isn't there something in you that says, I want to make a difference. I want to make a dent. I want to do something that's beyond me, that lights up the world around me and makes a difference in my sphere of influence. I don't want to get to the end and have somebody have to make something up at my funeral. I recognize that God has called me to something powerful and there is no marriage that is too far gone or too dead. There is no dream that is beyond the reach of a resurrected savior being able to revive. There is no 1.7 GPA or junior college education or I don't have the social skills or if you knew all the affairs and the multi-generational history of my family or if you knew what I lack or if you knew what they did to me or if you knew the history, there is no story that is beyond the reach of a resurrected savior that says, I don't care who you are or how other people look at you. You are a son and a daughter of God and I have a destiny for your life. And the moment you allow the light of life to light up your darkness, we're in business and I can do something with your life far beyond what you ever imagined. And in fact, you have been created for that. It's why your soul leaps. It's why you desire it because it's the thumbprint of God on your life. So why don't you follow me, Jesus would say. Why don't you follow me? Because it's possible for some of us that we're actually missing out because we're hiding. And it's possible that you've shut somebody else out because you're hiding. And if I were to ask you why, you'd have a thousand reasons. And you know they're excuses disguised as causes. And Jesus is inviting you to come out. And his invitation, if you hold to my teaching, if you believe me, trust me, surrender to me, you're really my disciples, you're really my followers. And you'll know the truth about your circumstance, about the decision, 
about the decade-long running, about all the things that you haven't been able to see, you'll know the truth, and that truth, that clarity will set you free. And you will be free to see as God sees. And whether you know it or not, that's what your life longs for. And you will be free to live as God has created you to be. And whether you know it or not, that is what your life longs for. And so Jesus says, follow me. Now, here's the thing. If you're like, well, that's exactly what I expect from church, preacher talk. That's how you'd wrap a message. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get that. That's, you're not alone. In fact, almost everybody who listened to Jesus thought the same thing. In fact, just to give you this little anecdote, this is how they responded when Jesus ended his very inspiring talk about he's the light of the world, follow him. In John 5, 59, they picked up stones to stone him. Like, that's how it ended. And somehow, Scripture says Jesus slipped away to return another day to give his life away and to initiate reconciliation for the entire world because Jesus is the light and the life of all mankind. And so he says to you, is it possible that your reason, your obstacle is just an excuse? And would you be willing, this is the invitation, would you be willing to acknowledge and admit what you suspect? Because I don't know when we start lying to ourselves. I just know we all do it. And so Jesus says to us, you just need to know this about your life. And now I'm inviting you out of your fact-free excuses and into acknowledging what you haven't been able to acknowledge. And when you finally discover the truth, the truth will set you free. To quote these powerful lines, if the Son has set you free, Jesus, you will be free indeed. Meaning, nobody will ever be able to force you to hide again. And you will be able to live authentically going, Jesus, I want you to light up every dark area of my life and I want to follow you into your will, into your destiny for my life. I surrender all. Would you pray with me all over the room? Jesus, do your thing in this moment. I just want to give you space through your power and for the work of the Holy Spirit to apply this specifically, intentionally, personally. And I pray for, for many of us, whether they're physically in the room or whatever space they're in, listening on radio or podcasting or watching, that, that maybe this would be a catalytic moment where we would begin to acknowledge and face truth that we haven't wanted to acknowledge or face and that in that darkness, we would experience the light of life and that you would begin to shatter some of the excuses, the lies, the things that are holding us back, the things that have been said to us, the shame that is dominating us and that we instead would bow our knee to King Jesus and we would trust you to lead us to the other side and you would do something in us and through us that is only possible with you. And so Jesus, there's a number of us that our prayer, our cry is to accept the invitation in this moment. Jesus, I wanna follow you. And so do your thing and we pray all of this in Jesus' incredible name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? 
first, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family, maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.